excited because this is actually the first Vision Sunday that I'm sharing. Praise God. And normally it's been Pastor Mike, and he's always done a wonderful job. And so we got some big shoes to fill this morning. Uh, but it always comes along with a great expectancy. And we felt that right away. As soon as we started praying this morning at, in pre-service prayer, there was something special here. There was a real sense that God wanted to speak to his people. He wanted to encourage them. He wanted to build them up. He even wanted to heal them and touch them this morning in a way that only he can do. Amen? And so I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what your expectation is for this morning, but mine is high. You can, you can join me uh, or, or you can have uh, another regular year. Anybody want a regular year? Because let me tell you something. The past three regular years... In my books, right? It's not that, that things that are good have not transpired. It's just been different. Come on. And, and, and here's, here's what I like to see is that whenever I sense in the spirit that something is different, really what I'm sensing in my spirit is that there's seasons of change that are coming. Things are being shaken. Come on, church. Things are being shaken. There's no, there's no way to deny it. The, the, the way that we used to live has come, and it seems like it's gone right? And, 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 and I'm not here to preach bad news because this is not a bad news type of church. This is a good news type of church, amen? But I like to just kind of recognize where we've been, where we're currently at, but more than that, hey church, where are we going? What are we going to do about this? What's going to transpire over the next year? And that's what I really hope to, to uh, bring to you today is some excitement for this year. For this year, right? And, and so we start this morning, uh, you know, as we've come into this new year, uh, you know, the pastors, we have meetings, and, and uh, we used to kind of have one meeting, and, and uh, it was like, um, it was kind of like a shotgun type of meeting, where anything went, right? We just, we just started talking about, boom, and we shot into the air, and if you ever shot a shotgun, the beauty thing about a shotgun is you don't have to have great aim, because it just disperses, right? And so we'd be talking about this, and then we're over here, and then we're over there, and we're over here, and I'm over here, and I'm in there going, let, let the coffee settle in first, okay? And, and we're talking, but all of a sudden, we started making some shifts in the way that we meet, and we're being very specific, and we're being very purposeful about our time together. And so we started having these meetings, you know, a while back. Let's talk about 2023. What are you sensing what are you guys feeling in the spirit? What do, you, what do you think God wants to say to the church? What do you think God wants to do in our church and, and by our church and for our church? And these are some of the things that we started talking about. And here's what I really felt in my spirit, and it was backed up by the other pastors. But sometimes we get so wild out there that it's just good to come back to basics. Come on, somebody. Right? It's just good to come back to the basics. And sometimes we get excited. This is our nature. You ever get really excited about something? And then the main thing doesn't become the main thing anymore, right? Because you're just so excited that you're blinded by whatever the excitement is and woo, and you, and you forget that, you know, there's real life and all that other kind of stuff. And so we were sensing that there's this like, there's this need to come back to the basics, right? Just, just root ourselves in God's word, understand what the plan and the purpose of, and begin to make small and subtle changes that will ultimately bring you and I closer to Jesus. Amen? And so I want you to know our heart as a team, as a leadership team, that really at the end of the day, what we endeavor to do week after week after week is just help you get closer to Jesus, just to get to know him a little bit more. 
Just to understand by faith what his plan and what his purpose is for your life. And that's really important because you could come to church week after week and, you know, look around the room. Don't look around the room right now, right? But you could look around the room and be like, yeah, this message, that's for that guy right back there. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm, on this one, 10 out of 10. I ace this, I am good. And it's easy for us to kind of just kind of disconnect from what's really being said. But here's what I've learned about God is if I tune in, I could hear a message a thousand times, but if I just allow myself to be connected to what God is doing, he's going to speak to me, and he's going to bring something into my life that's going to bring change. And I don't know about you, but I want to change. Come on. I resist it. Do you resist it? I know y'all do, right? Because change is uncomfortable. A lot of times with change, there's the, there's the fear of the unknown. What ifs? What if it doesn't work? What if I fail? What if I stumble? There used to be a song by DC Talk. Uh, what if I stumble? What if I fail? What, am I, what if I make a fool of us all? Like all this kind of stuff. And they're singing about this, this idea. And I, and, and I was like, yeah, that's true. What if we do stumble? What if we do fall? Right? But, everybody say but. What if it works? What if this year is the year that all of a sudden your faith begins to increase in a way it's never increased before? All of a sudden, your hope is bubbling to, to this place where you can't contain it anymore. You are a dispenser, a dealer of hope everywhere you go. People can't help but feel uplifted when they're in your presence, and it's because it's a byproduct of what you have been experiencing in your time with Jesus. Because let me tell you something. Whether I get encouraged, inspired, corrected, or even chastised by the Lord, you know what happens? I come out of that in a better state. And so every time I meet with God, whatever situation or circumstance is at hand, I come out of it growing, I come out of it more mature, I come out of it with a confidence in this hope and this faith that we are learning and walking out in this life. And for me, that just brings so much excitement and enthusiasm for 2023. Amen? Amen. And so we, we were here together today to talk about this. And so we were making decisions. And, and as we were making decisions, there was this, this, this real sense of like, let's come back to the basics. Let's stop trying to complicate things. Right? Let's just, let's just come back and make it all about Jesus. Because at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Amen? And so we're clear. We're clear on this. And so after taking the last few years and, and understanding what has been happening, because I want you to understand where we're going and why we're going there. But really what we've been sensing, what I've really been sensing, and I'm speaking for we, but maybe, maybe it's just me, but I'll speak for me. What I've been sensing in the Spirit is that over the course of the last few years, it's been subtle at times and at other times it's been very blatant. But there has been attacks. There has been an attack on our faith. You're like, oh, well, I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, listen, when God says that it's good that we assemble together and then our doors close, it makes it hard to assemble together. Online was great, but in person is best. Come on. I, I want you to feel the sweat as it oozes down my forehead as I'm preaching the good word of the Lord's. I want to rub shoulders with people. I want to shake hands. For goodness sake, I want to hug every once in a while. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> 
I want to look you in the eyes as you say, well done, Pastor Brian, or hey, you're doing amazing, or I'm so happy to see you. Praise God. I, I, there's just something about being together. And, and so, you know, I don't know about you, but I felt it. This was the one that I felt the most. The attack on my faith was the attack on us assembling together. And I understand. I get it. It was a whirlwind. We were making decisions that were uninformed and all sorts of other stuff. And at the end of the day, it's true, it happened. There was an attack on the assembling together. And you know what's happened? I don't think really much in this place. Uh, because we're, we're a church that likes to get together. I, overall, I think for the most part, we like each other around here, don't we? Like, I know I like you. And I'm pretty sure some of you like me. And the rest of you, it's okay. I'm a big boy. I've got big boy pants on. I can handle it. I understand when I'm walking towards you and you go the other way that God's just working something out in your life. It's okay. I'm here for you. Get to know me. Invite me for coffee. I'm sure I'll grow on you, right? And if not, don't worry about it. I'll be your grace grower. I'll help you grow this year. Amen? So there was an attack on our faith. But more than an attack on our faith, there was an attack on hope. Come on. You know, uh, as we entered into what was happening, I had so much hope. I was like, yeah, I remember the very day. I was working at a restaurant at the time, then all this kind of went down. And you remember the very beginning? I'm not going to spend much time here. But remember the very beginning? It was kind of like we hear rumblings or something going on. There's this, that, or whatever. And I was working at the restaurant. I think it was a Monday or a Tuesday night. And uh, my manager came to me. It was like 7.30. He goes, that's it. We're shutting shop. I said, okay, like I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just deliver my food and everything. He's like, no, no, we're closing right now. Everybody's got to get out. If they've eaten, their food is free. If we're making it, we'll put in a takeout. They got to go. And I was like, okay, this is weird. Part of me was excited because I'm like, hey, who doesn't mind going home early from work? That's all right, right? You know? And, and, and so I went home, and I was joking. I was like, hey, uh, hey, uh, I'll, uh, I'll see you in a couple weeks, okay? You remember that? Anybody else believe that? We're going to close down. We've never had anything like this before. We're going to close down for a week or two. This thing will fly by. It'll be great. I'll be back to work. It's going to be awesome. I remember popping into the restaurant a year later, one year later, 365 days later. I popped in just to say, hi, how's it going? And my name on my tip box, there was six tip boxes. My name was still written on that tip box from the night I went home. And I remember at different times thinking, okay, it's going to end. It's going to end. And things like we hear in the news, it's going to get better. Right? So, and then all of a sudden, I, I get some hope up. I get to see all my friends at church. This is going to be awesome, man. You know, because preaching to just a camera, that's okay. But preaching to real people, man, that's exciting. That's where, you know, and here I am. Oh, here we go. And then, oh, come on. It's like pull the rug right on from underneath you. Where they give you a little taste of it. They give you a couple weeks just to, you know. And all of a sudden, that hope that you were sensing just diminishes. And then all of a sudden, a year goes by, and a year and a half, and two years, and you start asking yourself, is this thing ever going to finish? As cute as it was, I'm tired of celebrating birthdays with people driving by my house with signs and honking. I want real cake with real people. Right? I want to grab you by your cheeks and just tell you how much I love you. Right? And so there was an attack on hope. And then right after, you know, things really started settling down, what did we start hearing? Come on, folks. Inflation. I didn't even know what inflation was. I had to Google it. I thought it was another version of what was going on. Right? We joke about this. $9 for lettuce. Right? I saw memes the other day. I didn't even know eggs were so expensive these days. 
There's memes of like when the price of eggs go up and there's like a chicken wearing like a big gold, you know, necklace with a fancy person like, yeah, it's my time to shine, right? And we start hearing inflation and then we start hearing rumors of other things. And just for, just for good measure, let's just throw war in there, right? And there's an attack on your hope because people want you to believe that it's not going to get any better. But come on, church. Listen, come on. That, that, you might be okay to subscribe to that out in the world, but that's not the news that I'm subscribing to. Because I read the Bible and I see from page to page circumstances that were much more unfavorable than what we've experienced, and I still see God blessing people in the midst of a famine. Come on. I still see him blessing people in the midst of a drought. I still see God splitting red seas when there was nowhere to go. Imagine this. An army is chasing you, and you're like me. You haven't really worked that much on your cardio as you got older. So you're in the back of the line, and you're looking, and you see the army is gaining ground, and you kind of have the advantage to see ahead, and what is there? Water. Everywhere you look is water. And there's no option to go back, because that's not going to work well for you. And you're looking ahead, and maybe there was a boat or two, but you're in a crowd that is pretty big, by the way. And you're looking, and you're gazing, and you're going, what's going to go on now? God comes to the rescue like he always does. And he makes a way where there is no way. And all of a sudden, he splits the Red Sea. That, my friends, would have been a sight to see. Right? I probably would have been the guy walking through, and as you see a wall of water here and a wall of water there, I probably just wanted to have to find out what happens if I just put my finger in the water. I got to see. I got to know what's going on. And so there's an attack on our hope. But much more than an attack on our hope, there was also an attack on our love. My friends, there was so many dividing lines that were drawn across the sand over the past few years. It got so bad that I've seen family members stop talking to one another. Parents and children over things that were just so trivial, right? Well, I voted for this person. I voted for this person. That person is this. That person is this. Vax, unvax, mask, no mask. People were almost fist fighting over this. And all of a sudden you see things that are just popping up that just continue to bring division, that just continue to attack our love life, that just continue to attack the fact that we understand as believers that we are loved and therefore we love. And it was challenging at times because people's opinions seem to get louder and louder and louder. And here's what happens when you isolate people, right? They subscribe to their own thoughts. They have nothing to do. So they start thinking And then they start looking, and they find people that back up their thoughts, whether they're sound or not sound. I'm not here to say that what's what. What I am here to say is that there have been dividing lines that have happened, and the fruit thereof continues to this day. I have friends that still have not talked to some of their parents because of a dividing issue during the last three years. How sad. How sad. And so we see that there has been attack on faith. We see there's been attack on hope. We see that there has been attack on love, which is why today I declare And we declare at Capital City Church over this church, over your lives, and over the nation of Canada, and let it spread to the rest of the world that this is the year of faith, hope, and love. Father, I want to thank you. I want to thank you. Lord, I want to thank you that this year is a faith for 
It's a year for faith, and it's a year for hope, and it's a year for love. And I want to thank you, Lord, that you are going to heal us where we need healing. You're going to touch us, Lord, in the deepest parts of our mind and our hearts. And you're going to bring a change into us, that understanding, Lord, that as we get back to the basics, we do so by walking by faith, by having a confident hope and a love for our neighbor. Lord, I want to thank you today. Help us in this year to live this out to the fullest, to the fullest, to the fullest. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Wow. All right. Here, I want to start with some scriptures, and, and then we're going to kind of get into it. But um, in A.D. 50, in Corinth, was one of the most important cities. We have the book of 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, and it was one of the most important cities of its time. Commercially of the day, it was controlling much of the shipping between the east and the west, and so it was a very powerful port city. And here we have, it was heavily steeped in Greek culture, right? Uh, its idolatry and its immorality was famous around the world. And Paul goes in and establishes the church. I love how he just goes to the deepest, darkest places of earth and goes, this is a good place to plant a church, where most of us would have just kept walking in a hurry. Come on, clutching our wallets and our purses, and Paul's like, right here, this is where we're going to speak faith and bring hope and show the love of God. Here he is, after spending 18 months living there, and after preaching in the synagogue so well that he got thrown out of there. See, sometimes when you preach too well, they just ask you to whoop, go somewhere else. But the truth that he was spitting, people couldn't handle. They couldn't chew on it. They didn't understand it. And so what does Paul do? Well, it's kind of neat. Paul decides he's going to set up shop right beside the synagogue. Love it. This guy's got a fighting spirit inside of him. Doesn't take no for an answer. Doesn't back off in the face of adversity. And so here he is. He plants his church next to it. And after um, he left, he received some disturbing reports that the church was having problems with what? Immorality divisions, and Greek culture affecting the religious beliefs. And so Paul wrote this letter um, that became 1 Corinthians. And during his time ministering in Ephesus, uh, he was able to write this beautiful letter from A to Z. And he writes it to try to correct some of the practical and the doctrinal problems that they were facing. And it is during the letter that we find Paul emphasizing to the Corinthians the very heart of Christianity. And after giving one of the most beautiful descriptions of love, we come to this itty-bitty little verse that contains so much power, and it's found in 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And it reads like this, and you will probably all know it. And now these three remain. Come on. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Now, I love that. And as I was preparing for this sermon, I, I oftentimes like to go to my Bible app and pick the scripture of which I'm going to share, and then I say compare, and I'm able to see all the different variations or versions of this particular scripture. And as I was doing that, I was just kind of scrolling, and all of a sudden, the Amplified jump off the page, and look what the Amplified has to say about this particular scripture. It says, and now there remain faith, which is abiding trust in God and His promises, hope, which is confident expectation of eternal salvation, and love, which is unselfish love for others, growing out of God's love for me. 
whoa, wait a second. These three, look at this, the choicest graces. I love that. But the greatest of these is love. And I started pondering and thinking about what, what he was saying, and I began to understand that Paul was telling the Corinthians that when all else was stripped away, when there was nothing left, when, when, when the riches failed and your power and authority was challenged and you were left with nothing, what really counted? And here he lays it out before us that the foundation for our relationship with our Heavenly Father rests in walking by faith carrying hope, and making sure that we love God and we love others. And my goodness, how basic of a command, and yet how many times do you and I goof up in these areas? Like, I'm probably okay with maybe handling one or two really good at the same time, but managing all three can kind of be tricky, right? You're walking by faith, you have a hope, but someone's really challenging your love walk. Don't look to your left or your right right now. That's not the time to do that. But someone is challenging your love walk. Or maybe your love walk is okay, but your hope is maybe taking a little bit of a beating. Right? And so managing all three at a high level sometimes can be difficult, but we're going to explore some options today and see how and why we can do that very thing. So in 1 Thessalonians, here's a beautiful thing that we find here. It's written this, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. And we remember before our God and Father, your work produced by what? Come on, somebody. By faith, your labor prompted by Love, right? And your endurance inspired by hope in who? In Jesus Christ. Okay, so we're starting to understand it. And as I was studying for this particular message, I noticed that there's a theme throughout the New Testament that oftentimes when you see the word love displayed, not far behind is hope, come on, and faith. And a lot of times when you see faith written, who's kind of like hanging around? Hope. All right, you see where I'm getting with this. It's hard to separate these three attributes in our lives. In fact, they work best together. They were created to work with one another. And in fact, they, they add to one another. And so when you're strong in faith, guess what? You begin to be strong in your hope. And when you're strong in hope, you are strong in your love. When you are strong in your love, my friends, it is easy to walk by faith. Come on. It's easy to believe for the best because you know who loves you. You know who belongs to you. You know who you belong to. And it begins to make all the world of difference in your life. And so we can start with this idea that, number one, if you're taking notes, this year is a year of faith, hope, and love. Well, we got to talk about faith. And I declare that this year, this is the year that your faith, everybody say my faith, that your faith produces work. You're like, whoa, 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 you are, I understand, you know, by faith, you know, all this kind of, I, I, I come from a background where I was kind of trained that by works I'm saved, right? Maybe some of you were too, and I understand it's a tricky, slippery slope, but we can't deny the fact that there is evidence that suggests that your faith should always be leading you into the good works of God, right? We're not saved by good works. We're saved by faith in Jesus and Jesus alone. But because of our faith in Jesus and Jesus alone, you know what begins to happen? My goodness, I'm sweating. You know what happens, right? 
When we're walking by faith, all of a sudden we step into the glory and the goodness and the plan of God for our lives. So I declare that this is your year. I declare it over your life and over your family and your marriages and your business and your workplaces, your finances and your body and your peace and your joy that this is the year where your faith begins to produce work in you. This is the year where you don't just sit on a, on, on a lazy boy living by faith. This is the year where all of a sudden your faith buckles up its shoes and it's about to take a run. Come on. This is the year where you are motivated by God to take that leap of faith which he has been preparing you for, that he's been talking to you about. And I really believe that this is a year of opportunity. I believe that those who, who, who lay hold of the promises of God, which the Bible says are yes, are amen, yes and amen, are those who are going to reap the benefits thereof. This year is as good as you believe it's going to be. Right, some of you didn't hear this. This year is going to be as good as you believe it's going to be. See, you got to fight the temptation to be like, is this going to be another same old year? You know what? You're exactly right with that attitude. If you are believing for the same old, same old, you know what you're going to get, my friends? The same old, same old. But I begin to declare faith in you. I begin to declare faith for you to believe for great and mighty things. I begin to declare faith over you for change in your relationships and your marriages and over your children. Begin to declare faith over situations that are broken and seem to be unfixable. Why don't we just lay hold of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God who the Bible says, Matthew, is more than enough. Matthew used to sing a song, my God is more than enough. I thought you would have backed me up on that one, Matthew. Somebody get Matthew a coffee quick. Right? Come on, some of you right now, this is nostalgia. My God is more than enough. He can't don't make me do it. Don't make me do it. Come on. My God is more than Come enough. On. He can supply all my need. He is my Elsa die. He always looks out for me. Jehovah Jireh. He, he is. He is. Okay, my okay, okay, God. okay, 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 okay. Okay. We're going to get going here. Whoa. Whoo. You ever see a preacher run around the sanctuary? At a medium to steady pace, that's about to happen. Why? Because this is a year of faith. What do you want to happen this year? Come on, ask yourself. What do you want from this year? Do you want change? Do you want to walk in the blessing of God? Do you want to walk with joy in the face of all hell breaking loose? Come on. Do you want your peace to be at an all-time high? And I'm not talking about the peace that is like something bad happens and, and you're like, oh, God, I need some peace today. No, every day. I'm talking about a state of peace, not a moment of peace, that you're living in peace, that there's peace in your marriage and peace with your children and peace in your workplaces. Come on. Here's what we got to understand. What you believe for this year by faith is what you will have or not have. So 2023 is not a year to come out lightly. No, 2023 is, is the year to set your expectations high. You don't serve a powerless God. The God that you serve, listen to me very carefully, created the heavens and the earth by his words. Split seas, defeated armies that they had no business winning against. 
The same God that will give you the divine wisdom, the divine strength, and the divine strategy to step out this year. And so my question is this, what are you believing for this year? Oh, but you know, it's, you know, you know, you know, well, you know, no, 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 I don't subscribe that things are going to be the same for you this year. I pray too hard for you. I love you too much. That's what I love about God. At the moment that we meet him, right, the moment that we meet him, he loves us. He loves us just the way we are. But here's the beautiful thing, and it is a spiritual rhetoric, and we say it before, but he loves us just way too much to leave us that way. Come on. He loves us as we are, but here it is. He, he knows that there's more for us. He understands that 2023 is our moment to shine. It's our moment to step out. It's our moment to break the flow of what has been and step into what is. It's a moment to shake off the attacks upon our faith. It's the moment to shake off everything that has kind of rattled us and made us think about what could be or what if and all those other kinds of things. And it's a moment where we can step into the plan of God and say, God, this year is going to be different. And maybe that's just got to be your prayer until you can really start believing. Lord, this year is going to be different. It's going to be different, Lord. Different how? Different better. Different good. Different great. Different awesome. Different Different in a peaceful way. Different in a joyful way. Di just different. This year, this year, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get so radical. I'm going to talk to somebody about Jesus this year. Whoa! Whoa! No, not the big J word. If anybody spends any time with you, you're not fooling them. You're not hiding anything from them. So you might as well just live it out in a way that people look at it and go, okay, that makes sense. So many times we try to hide we try to be something we're not meant to be. Just walk with faith. Just start believing. Maybe you haven't had a raise in a few years. Why don't you start expecting, you know, why don't you start speaking out, Lord, this is the year of the difference. Lord, this is the year that all the time and all the energy and all the creativity that I put into my workspace, Lord, this is the year where all of a sudden, Lord, people are going to start recognizing your goodness in my life. People are going to start understanding that the wisdom that you give me, Lord, this is, this is unearthly. This is the God kind of wisdom. This is the kind of wisdom that supersedes anything that we could think up in a meeting. This is the kind of wisdom that only flows from heaven into our lives. And so this is your year for faith. My goodness, faith without movement is incomplete faith. The Bible is very clear about this. It's useless. It's inoperative. It's ineffective. And can I just say that? It's downright frustrating. If you're frustrated in your faith, maybe it's time that you start looking at how are you activating your faith? Because faith was meant to be activated. It, it, it was meant to have wheels. It was meant to have feet and legs. It was meant to move. It's, it's meant to do. It's meant to be. It's, it's, it's meant to create. And so this year, this is the year of your faith. Your faith should always move you to act. Another version says it this way in James. It says, faith that doesn't involve action is phony. Now, I haven't used the word phony since I was about eight years old. But I remember the person that I accused of being phony. I was very serious about it. You're phony. You're a phony. You don't know nothing. You're wrong. Right? I don't want to be a phony. Right? 2023 is where the rubber of faith meets the road of action. And I don't know about you, but I'm refusing to settle for what is. I refuse to subscribe to the kind of life that the world system is trying to sell me. That, that I have to be beat down and discouraged and barely getting by. Come on. 
I, I, I break that right now in the name of Jesus. This is not for me. You can, you can have it if you want. I don't want it. Come on. I, 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 I want to walk in the favor of God. I want to walk in the divine health of God. I want to walk in the strength of God. I want to make sure that my heart is at peace with him and with others. I want to make sure that I'm constantly living with hope, a hope that's not some wishy-washy kind of wish-upon-a-star kind of hope, but the kind of hope that is confident, knowing that better days are ahead. And as good as this day gets, there's more ahead of me. Come on. This is the kind of life that I want to live here on this earth right now, but not only right now, this for the whole year, 2023, it's a year where we get back to faith, where we start applying faith to situations that we've let go on because we got frustrated because we didn't see any movement. But guess what? We can stand, and when we've done everything to stand, we can stand a little bit more. Come on. Because faith is here to bring us through. Whew. Number two, I got to move. This year, we're going to talk about a hope that inspires endurance. Hope is something that is very difficult to separate from faith as the two are eternally linked. Eternally. They're linked. Look at Romans 5 says this. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by what? Faith. Come on. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Okay? We make that very clear. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Now, I know privilege becomes this kind of dirty word right now, right? But we ought to understand that where we're standing with God, we didn't deserve it. It's an undeserved privilege that he bestowed upon us because of the faith that we put in him, okay? We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it, right? But it's there, and it's for us. Okay, so there's this undeserved privilege where we now stand, look at this, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. Have you all had a couple of those? Right? But guess what? You can rejoice. Why? How do I rejoice in the face of problems and trials? For we know that they help us develop endurance. And there's something about this word endurance that keeps jumping out of the Bible into my spirit. Because the times of head, they may not become any easier. There might be some seasons where we got to endure a little bit. There might be some seasons where we have to hold on to faith, hope, and love by, the, by, 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 by just the death grip. You, those with children, you know your kids, they got a death grip. They lock onto your legs and they do not let go for nothing. You pry one arm, the other one gets tighter. I mean, Levi's in the stage right now where da-da-da-da, and then he grabs me, and he doesn't want to let me go, and I'm just like, get off, right? And he finds his way right back on. There might be seasons where we've got to endure, but the Bible makes it clear. You can do it. You don't have to give up. You don't have to back off. You don't have to let go. You don't have to take your foot off the gas. You can continue moving forward while enduring. Look at this, what it says. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And so the, the whole idea here is that as we go through stuff and as we see seasons that might be a little bit more difficult, the end result is that it only fortifies the hope that God has deposited inside of you. It reinforces the idea that God is good, reinforces the idea that he is for you, that he's with you, he doesn't leave you, he doesn't forsake you, that he's with you always through thick and thin, and that there are going to be a day, there is going to be a day where not only are we over and out and through, but that we're walking in the fullness of God. That day can be today. It can be. And this hope, I love this, this hope will not lead to disappointments. 
Because a lot of times, hope, when it's misplaced, when we place our, our hope in things that cannot produce, we get disappointed. Come on, somebody. You ever put your hope in a person? Put my hope in my boss that they would see my hard work. and Not, not this one, by the way. Um, <laughs> put my hope in a boss. Oh, they're going to see my hard work. Yeah, they'll reward me. Then I began to see something that the squeaky wheel always gets the grease, right? Sometimes it happens, not always. And when it doesn't, what happens? You get disappointed. You know what happens when you get disappointed? You get bitter. You get angry. You get jealous of anybody else who gets promoted or blessed or whatever, right? And you know what happens? It takes you out. It's the same thing in the spiritual realm, my friends. I'm on page four of 19. Let's go. We got all year? Like right now? Thank you, Pastor Pam. And so when we read this passage in Romans, it's clear. Look at this. It's just clear to see that faith is the key that opens God's promises, right? Faith is the key. We access it by faith. But listen to this. Hope is the tool of which we hold on to them. So hope allows us to hold on to the promises of God, which we are standing with and by faith, right? When we see the promises of God, we're, we're accessing them by faith, right? But sometimes we got to hold on a little bit longer than what our comfort level is used to. That's what hope is for. That's where the hope comes in. And hope gives us the strength to endure when things aren't moving as quickly as we would like them to move, when things aren't moving maybe the way that we expect them to move. And I found that the best thing is just to stand back and say, Lord, my trust is in you. My faith is in you. I will not waver from my hope, and I will continue to walk forward step by step with the leading of the Holy Spirit and do exactly what you tell me to do. And when I do that, Lord, I will walk this kind of life that you've promised me. I will walk the kind of life that is a blessed life, that is filled with your peace and with your joy. Right? Number three. I'm just going to skip that whole page. The guys in the back right now with my notes are going, what is going on? What's going on? Number three, we got to talk about love. But we got to talk about a love that leads to service. Because a love that is just a love in word and not in deed is not really love. In the same way that faith needs action, so does love. Love leads to actions. For God so loved the world that he gave, an action he gave. Because of the love that he had for humanity, because of the love that he had for you and I, he was moved to give, moved to do something. And so we at the church, Capital City Church, and I think the global church, really, we're coming back to basics, but we're understanding that love, right, because we, I mean, love is, you know, there's all sorts of definitions of love, and there's all sorts of ideas of love. But really what we got to get back to is the basics and understand that, that Paul gave us what it really means to love. You know, the other two virtues are important, right? Uh, we got faith, we got hope, they're important. But Paul says and he emphasizes that love, right, is the greatest. Why? Because it's the glue that really holds the other two together. Look at what's found in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or angels, I do a lot of weddings and I read this scripture a lot. Uh, but it says here, but I do not have love. I'm only a resounding gone or a clanging symbol. Last year or the year before, I can't remember, but I brought a symbol out. You remember that? And I started hitting it. I said, if you don't have love, this is what you sound like when you talk and when you act. And I started hitting that thing. You remember that? I think I almost broke a stick. Uh, my, my hearing still needs some help from that day. 
Here we are, right? Just banging. If we don't have love in what we do, what are we? We're just a bunch of noise. We're irrelevant. Actually, we're probably annoying. You have a neighbor that plays loud music? It's really annoying, isn't it? I have a, I have a neighbor. He's a good guy, but he got a surround sound system, and he likes Star Wars and, and Star Trek movies. And so sometimes my house literally sounds like, right? Shaking things off of my wall. It's, it's, it's crazy. And one day I had to tell him, I just went over. I said, hey, man, I love you. I appreciate you. You're, you're a really good neighbor. I said, but, but uh, do you mind just toning it down a bit? He's like, oh, you could hear that? I said, yeah, word for word. I'm like, I'm at, the, I'm at the point now where I'm going to cut a hole in our, in, in our wall and put a plexiglass just so I can watch what you're watching because it sucks hearing it but not seeing it, right? He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no big deal, right? But loudness, it's just annoying. There's no purpose to it, right? If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, wouldn't that be cool? Like you understand all mysteries and there's nothing that gets by you. Just think about this, right? That's really cool. And if I have faith and I can move mountains but do not have love, I am what? Nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to, 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 to hardship that I may boast and do not have love, uh, I gain what? Nothing. It's all for nothing if we don't do it with and through love. And then he goes on to say this, love is patient. Here's a description of what love is if you don't know what love is. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. It always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. Come on. It always perseveres. This is my favorite part. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. And where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Look at this. As a church, you know, from these days, to, to, from these days that this, this book was written to even now, a lot of times we have this tendency to, to, to want to judge people on what they do. Right? One of the first questions we ask people when we meet them for the first time is like, hi, how's it going? What's your name? Blah, blah, blah. What do we do? So what do you do? What do you do for work? As if the value that we're placing on that person is in what they do, not in who they are. What if we just like, just picture the shock and say, hey, I'm Brian, how's it going, blah, blah, blah. So tell me, what are you all about? Who are you? Not what you do, who are you? Let me find out what you're all about. And so we want to tend to judge people by what they do, not rather than what they are, the love that they have, right? And, and so if somebody speaks in tongues and prophesied the word of God, I remember when I, when I first became a Christian, there was a lady who would prophesy out loud, and I was like, whoa, like she was up there, you know? It's like, like the guitar player, piano player, and then like, then, then, then there was her, because she was like, whew, she had it going on. And then it was like the preacher had levels in my mind of what people did and the importance thereof, Right? And here Paul's just saying to us, if somebody speaks in tongues, prophesies the word of God, or has knowledge and wisdom and has faith that can move mountains, that's the kind of faith that I'm looking to develop. Come on. Gave all they had to the poor and surrendered their body to the flames. We would look at them and be like, that's a mighty woman or that's a mighty man of God. Just by what they've done, but we don't know what the motive was. And that's what God is trying to bring to our attention. What is the motive behind what we do? And at Capital City Church in 2023, everything that we do and everything that we represent, everything that we are, we want it to be based out of the love that we've experienced from God and wanting others to experience that as well. Because this is the year of faith, hope, and love. And isn't it amazing to think that you can do all of these things 
with other motives. I was looking at this. How do you do this? How do you give away everything you have without the motive of love? Well, maybe you want to be seen. Maybe you want to be heard. Maybe you want to be the big boy. Maybe you, there's, there's all sorts of reasons that will twist us up to do things that, that we would probably not normally do. And yet, here we are. Here's what I got to say, and we're going to finish with this. If we truly possess love, then we should be patient, kind, without envy, without boastfulness, without pride, without rudeness, without selfish ambition, without unrighteousness, without anger, and without keeping a record of wrongs. And we should reject evil and rejoice in truth. There's okay to rejoice in truth, protect and trust and hope and persevere. And, and above all, let's never give up. Let's not fail this year. Having God's love in our lives should not only help us to, to keep God's command, but it should also help us and anoint us to exceed them. And this is the kind of love that Paul was expecting to see in the church at Corinth. And this is the reason why he wrote and why it is still great for us to understand in today's times. See, love should be the center of the church and of our lives. If you minister in this place, if you serve in any capacity, if you are a greeter, if you are a distributor of caffeine, and thank you, by the way, for all those that do that. I appreciate it. If you operate the cameras this year, or if you straighten up chairs, or if you serve with the kids' ministry, and I know some of you have served week after week after week after week, and sometimes we can become weary, but here's the thing. Let us do it out of love. Let us do it from a place of love. Let us do it with love and in love. And if we keep our eyes focused on God who loved us first when we were unlovable, and we allow that to soak in and to seep in, then it'll be easier to transfer that love that we've experienced into other people. And if we do everything in and by and through love, then I guarantee you this 2023 is going to look a lot different than your previous years. May I just be bold to say this could be your best year yet. Yet. I don't know about you, but I've experienced some great years. Like I, you know, sometimes I complain about the last three years because I know how hard it's been on people and there were times that were hard, but in all of it, great things have been happening. A promise that my wife and I have been waiting for for years came to pass in the form of Levi. And when he's in this stage right now of chucking everything around, came down the other day, was giving him a snack and getting lunch ready and turned around and he's got his yogurt drink, just looking at it, squeezing it on the floor right? No, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's okay. Right? I take it up. I put it away. I turn around to go grab a cloth to go wash the floor. And he's got my, my wife, Melissa's bubbly can, and he's looking at me in the eye, dumping it. And I looked at him and I reminded myself and I reminded him, you are the promise fulfilled by God. You, son, are going to be a world changer. This is just a blip. You're going to overcome this. And to turn around is, Lord Jesus, please help me. Please help me. Please help me. Love is patient. Love is kind. Oh, love does not get angered easily. Love is, and I'm reminding myself, good things have happened. I've had some amazing years. Come on. Stepped out of the restaurant into ministry. Praise God. I get to serve eggs and turkey and different things at church functions now for free without getting tips. It's amazing. I don't have to butter you up if I don't want to. It's great. I love it. But it's a year of faith and hope and love. 
And Paul knew that this Corinth church contained many qualities but was lacking in faith and hope and love because here's what he says. He emphasizes it so hard. Listen, if we're going to get it right as a church, if we're going to get it right as individuals in our walk with Jesus, we've got to understand the basics, which is faith, which is hope, and which is love. And everything else that we experience is underneath that banner. Everything in God's kingdom is opened up either by faith or by hope or by love. It's the keys to the kingdom, my friends. It's the way that Paul wanted his church in Corinth to march and operate, and it's the way that a capital city church, we're declaring we are and are going to continue to operate by faith, with hope, and in love. And so maybe you're here today. Maybe you've never experienced this faith. Maybe you've never experienced this hope. Maybe you've never experienced the love of a God who's not angry with you, beating you over the head, but wants to embrace you and wants you to understand that what he has for you is so much greater than anything that you can muster up, and it's salvation. Beyond the riches of this world, beyond the great meals that we enjoy and the fancy cars that we drive, the question is, if you are to step out of this life today and into eternity, are you certain that you will go to heaven? There is a heaven and there is a hell and eternity is in the balance. And the only way that we can guarantee that we can spend all of eternity, and it's hard for our minds to fathom what eternity is because we, we think in terms of time, of years and months and days, but forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and even then more forevers till forever never ends, all of eternity to spend with your loving Father. In heaven, where the Bible describes there's no more tears, there's no more pain. To be able to spend all of eternity with the creator who created you with a purpose and a plan. The Bible says if you just believe in your heart, that's faith. That Jesus is Lord and that he's provided a way of escape from sin, death, and hell. That's our hope. And he did it because of love. If you understand that he first activated this in the way that he provided for salvation for you and I, it's an easy thing to accept. He says, if you just confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved, saved forever. Whatever you face on this earth, good or tiring or troublesome, whatever you face is going to be nothing, nothing in terms of comparison with the eternity that you're going to spend with Jesus. All pain, all tears wiped away once and for all. And so we say a prayer here, and I'd invite you to say this prayer with me out loud. Say it and mean it, believe it, and let's ask Jesus into our hearts. Come on, together let's say, Jesus, thank you for paying the price for my salvation. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I repent and I'm purposing to change the way I think and live. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, help me to learn about you and to grow in this kingdom lifestyle. I declare you're my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.